0: It is just after 7 o'clock on your uh, Wednesday night. That can mean only one thing. It is time for the Employment Hour, a busy hour ahead. We'll get to a lot of topics. We'll get to the week that was, a bunch of your phone calls. But uh, I think before we start, uh, Lior, something you and I discussed is that uh, over five years ago when we started this show, it was one night a week. It was Wednesday, and uh, it was uncharted waters for us. We kind of got in here and thought... Let's educate the world about employment law. How are we going to go about doing this on radio? So we kind of forged away and kind of molded the, uh, the beast as it went. And a, uh, a huge factor in keeping the show on the rails and, uh, and making it happen was our first producer. I mean, we got, uh, we got, uh, great producers now. We got great call screeners happening now. But five years ago, it was, uh, Gary Bell, the spaceman who's more familiar, of course, with View from Space, which used to run on 640. On the weekend late nights, Uh Spaceman has been a uh, a radio guy since the early '70s back in Regina, and of course TR here in Toronto, CFTR, when it was still a music station, and all through his career, he was just a uh just a really eccentric dude. I mean, a view from space was uh, an amazing show, and he 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 so believed what he talked about, and his his listeners for that show. We're so dedicated to him. And in the hallways, he was passionate about baseball and motorcycles and life and family and all that stuff. He was a great guy to talk to. We had a term CBS and that was cornered by space. If that happened to you in the kitchen, you were in for one uh, roller coaster ride of a, uh, of a conversation. Indeed, he was a great guy. I know personally, when I got into this business almost 20 years ago, he was a mentor right off the top, always had positive advice, always told you what the good thing to do was. And he knew because he had radio chops from way back. We, uh, we lost Gary. Uh Sunday. It's 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 really tough to say, but he, he battled a, a short battle with cancer and uh nobody knew. Nobody knew he had it. Um he was a private guy and he was a cool dude and he was such a, a a huge guy in this industry. And uh, you know, we miss him. And he was the original producer of this show, technical producer, and man, he got this show rolling and every night we'd have no phone calls. It didn't matter. Gary would say, Guys, you knocked it out of the park, and uh we'll do it again next week. So uh, you know, as we carry on here, uh, we look back at the same time and say, you know, thanks spaceman, you're uh, you're a hell of a guy and it was uh, it was our pleasure and our honor to work with you, right?
1: Yeah, Gary, the spaceman, was was a friend. He was a mentor. He's a big part of the show, and he's someone that I so enjoyed to get to know and to speak with, and every time I come into the studio, one of the highlights was always to be able to catch up with with uh, the spaceman and talk to him about anything. He was a, an extremely intelligent guy. You could talk to him about anything. You can talk to him about sports, politics, current affairs, and he's always going to have something intelligent to say. And he was our our cheerleader. He loved the show. He always told us, you guys are doing such an important thing. You're doing, you're doing great. And, you know, back in the time when I personally didn't know what I was doing and without, you know, his support and and him telling me I'm doing a great job, I don't know. Maybe I I wouldn't have been able to stick through this, uh, this radio thing. So I owe that to, to space. Uh, I I miss him. I've missed him since he uh, left, uh, uh, the course. And I think it's fair to say that if you knew Spaceman, you can always remember Spaceman. So, uh, Spaceman, uh, we miss you. We love you. Uh, rest in peace. And, and this show uh, is dedicated to you.
0: And I know he would want to do what we're about to do now, and that is carry on with uh, what we do best, taking your phone calls. Uh, phone lines are already open, of course, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, one triple eight two two five. 225 talk That number, as always, is toll-free. I have till about 10 to 8. To bring us your questions and your queries about employment, severance, uh, workplace harassment, just generally where you spend most of your life at the workplace, that is the matters we deal with. And on that, in that regard, we'll get to our first segment, which we always start, brother, with the uh, the week that was. What is going on?
1: Well, John, another very busy week here and uh, another, time to, uh, another good time to talk to me because uh, these issues and the workplace problems in the workplace do come up. They do happen. And uh, I've had uh, the opportunity and the privilege of this week to speak to a lot of people about their problems people that have heard the show and that you know what we say triggered something in their mind or reminded them of an issue that they have. So if you're struggling with something in the workplace, a problem, an issue, uh, you lost your job, you're worried about losing your job, someone is mistreating you, bullying you, Call us right now or call me in the office so we can talk privately. We'll give you my contact information plenty of time. So let me talk about a couple of situations that came across my desk uh, recently just so that I can uh, give uh, our listeners some flavor of, of some of the issues that they some point may come, uh, may have to deal with. Well, the first one has to do with uh, a lady that uh, was off on a long-term disability and she was receiving benefits from a, an insurance company uh, because she, she couldn't work. Well, uh, at some point, the insurance company cut her off, and as the insurance companies often do. Now, she decided to try to fight them on her own, and she she wrote letters, she she went through an appeal process, and this whole process took a few months. Now, a few months later, while she's still trying to get compensated, she got better, and she contacted her employer, and she said, I want to come back to work now because I'm better. The the, The employer said, well, wait a second. A few months ago, you were cut off on LTD and you didn't come back to work. So we just assumed that you resigned. So you don't have a job here anymore. Uh, and that's when she contacted me completely distraught and she wanted to know, oh my God, what's going on here? I was cut off by the insurance company. I still wasn't able to work. I am fighting with the insurance company. And now my employer told me that I resigned. Holy cow, You know w- what does this all mean? Well, let's start off with the employer here. The fact that she was cut off by the insurance company does not mean she has to go back to work. As long as her doctor says that she cannot work, then she cannot work. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what the insurance company says. So unless they ask her for a letter from a doctor and they get a letter saying that she can work, then she's not required to work. They can't consider her to have resigned. So what they've done here is they've really terminated her employment. They owe her severance. And potentially they owe her human rights damages as well. That's illegal what they've done here. Now, of course, with the insurance company, I always say this, and you know this better than anyone, John, because you you work with my colleague, Sivan, to marking on on these disability matters, and that is if your insurance cuts you off, let us deal with the insurance company. You're trying to deal with them themselves, going through the appeal process is a waste of time. It is not going to do anything. It's not going to help. So uh, let let us deal with it. And So I'm going to help her with the insurance company. I'm certainly going to help her get the compensation from the employer, but I want our listeners to understand, if you cannot work because your doctor says you cannot work, your employer can't do anything. doesn't matter what the insurance company says, you have a right to your job, you, you haven't quit, and if they let you go, there's going to be significant consequences.
0: The number any time, of course, to call us while the show is on, 416-870-6400, star 640. Uh, on your cell, one triple eight two two five 225 talk That would be the number uh, toll-free for the remainder of the evening as well. Let's get right into it. I know you're waiting. Danny, good evening. How are
2: you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, I'd like to know, uh, I was on disability from an attack, uh, you know, in my house, a home invasion. And I was on... Uh, I was on disability, and then I hit 65, and I had to dump the disability to go on Canada pension and old age pension. And I so I went on that, and I lost. I was supposed to get the same amount of money, but then then I uh, I got about the same amount of money, but then they took off like uh, you know 200 bucks off on top of that. On top of that. So I'm down to nothing
1: now. So obviously, an insurance company only pays usually till the age of sixty-five. Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't no, an I know. I know. Company. So, so at that point, you go on old-age uh, security. Yeah. Okay. Now. If they miscalculated that, obviously I would need to know, to have much more information. I'd like to know what they've done, what they've deducted, what they haven't deducted to be able to tell you. So, so obviously I need to see some documents. So what I propose then is let's you and I connect off air. We'll give you my contact info in just a sec here. And then I want you to send me any correspondence you've had from with old age security. I want to know what your income was. Uh, I, and, and based on that, I can look at it and say if it's right or if it's not right. And if it's not right, yeah, I can write a letter on your behalf and hopefully get this uh, resolved. All right, Danny? Danny, I uh, appreciate
0: that call. Here is that number that uh, you need to know, one Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That will put you in touch with Lior and his crew. And again, help at employmenthour.com is, uh, is the way to go. Get to uh, to Bill. Hey, Bill, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. What's, uh, what's going on with you?
3: So uh, I'm a superintendent at work. I'm in charge of hiring, and uh, I do have a safety manager that does orientation. And during that orientation, the uh, corporate requirement is that they sign a, a document that says they're fit for duty. Um, and, and part of that document includes that they, uh, they're they willing to do a drug test if there's an injury. And it, uh, My question is, if they sign that document, saying that they're willing to do a drug test in the case of an injury that needs medical attention. Is that binding?
1: Well, the, the problem with that is that uh, the, the, it still could be potentially a human rights violation uh, to, to have kind of these uh, drug tests. Uh, generally speaking, the only time a drug test would be appropriate is if there's a real concern that there's a drug problem. I mean, I, I could have uh, an injury because there was something on the floor that I slipped on uh, or something fell on my head, it doesn't mean that uh, because of that I, I should be having a drug test. So no, the reality is that, that a company that has a kind of a, a straight-up policy like that, anytime there's an injury, we have a right to do a, a, a drug test, could actually be in violation of the Human Rights Code. So to answer your direct question, it, it probably is not enforceable because it's, it's, it's illegal potentially.
3: And, and, if, and if they are not willing to do the drug test, what are, what are the rights the employee after that?
1: The rights of the employee? Yeah. So the employee may be able to say, no, I'm not going to do this drug test. And if the employer uh, backs off, fine. If the employer insists or potentially decides to, uh, to punish them or let them go because of it, well, that could be a, a wrongful dismissal. That could be a, a human rights violation. The employee may be owed damages. So what I would propose, if there's an employee in that situation, I would want to speak to them because I may be able to do a quick letter to the company educating, edu- uh, educating them a bit as to why that's illegal, and maybe they you know, back off at that point. So that's what I would propose. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks,
0: Bill. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. we got about a minute or so. I think we will squeeze in Becky before we break. Hey, Becky, good evening. How are you?
4: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. What's uh, What's going on with you tonight?
4: Okay, so my husband works for a uh, manufacturing company. He's a materials handler. And he's worked there for quite some time, and uh, the company is American, and they will probably be affected by the steel tariffs. And he's just wanting to know what it, what uh, he should expect in the way of severance or negotiation if uh, if they if they um, leave, if sure. they decide to you know pack up and go to the states.
1: So obviously if they pack up and go and, and as a result if your husband loses his job he's owed compensation. So let's talk yeah. about that. How long did has your husband worked there? Uh
4: 36 years.
1: 36 wow. years, okay. Wow. And and how old is your husband and what what exactly is he doing? What kind of job? He's,
4: he's 57. He's a materials handler.
1: Materials handler. Okay, good. Well, someone in his situation I can tell you right now would be owed right around 24 months of pay. Maybe it's 23 months, but you know, right okay. around 2 years of pay. So around if two they years pay two years pay. So if if they yeah. decide to, to pack up and go, or if they decide that he's, he, he doesn't have a job for whatever reason, they would have yeah. to pay him that severance. Uh, okay. And that, that includes his salary, that includes his benefits for that period of time. Uh, and, okay. and if he usually gets overtime, any average overtime that he earns, everything that okay. he would have expected to earn. Uh, and anything short of that, uh, Becky, then you need to give me a call or he needs to give me a call, because that would be a wrongful dismissal if they were to try to say uh, you get less than that.
4: Okay, okay, and how about his pension too? Will his, yes, like, And so um,
1: they'd have to his continue pension, his pension they contribution?
4: contribution. They will continue his pension contributions as well. Yes, that, they have to
1: continue pension contribution. The okay, idea and is that they the have to the put two um, years. Yeah, like, go ahead.
4: And then what happens after that? Like, I don't understand what would happen to his pension. Would he still be collected, or would that be just put on hold? Or? So he,
1: the, the money's in the pension. He, uh, he can then transfer it to an RSP or into another financial institution or financial vehicle. He would talk to his financial advisor as to what to do okay. with that money, but he does okay. not lose his pension.
4: But he's entitled to all the contributions, uh, like the ones the company's matched as well.
1: Exactly. Over the, that two-year period,
4: mentions, he wouldn't yeah. lose. He wouldn't lose. Uh, he would only. He would get both. Okay. okay exactly. Perfect. Okay. Is he union, That's Becky, we, or no? Uh, non-union.
1: Okay. Yeah. So everything we said is exactly that. Uh, and, uh, if and years. when that happens, have him give me a call.
4: Okay. Okay. All righty.
0: Thanks, Take Becky. No problem. Appreciate that. That number, again, to get a hold of Lior anytime is 1-855-821-5900. com. We'll bounce back over to more phone calls after a short break. You know that number already. 416 870 star 640 on cell, and one That is toll free. This is the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. And we are right back at it, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one talk That number is toll-free for the evening as well. We'll get to right back into it. Ryan, thanks for, for hanging on. How are you, Ryan?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: Good, man. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Uh,
2: well, I'm calling on behalf of my mom, actually. So okay. this is a bit of a complex situation where um, she's been working as a personal support worker for quite some time. And um, now she's developed, um, you know, some some health issues, which, I mean, her doctor seems to think that they have uh, to do with her actual job. And um, then, uh, you know, that she's getting to the point where she's very close to retirement, let's say about two years out, and she's not actually able to really, she doesn't think she's going to be able to get those two years in before she's forced out of work. Um, and she's kind of at a loss, where she still needs the income, but doesn't feel as though she's going to have an easy time getting compensation. So she's already reached out to WSIB, and they've denied her, saying that it's impossible to prove that these health issues are actually related to her job. But, I mean, it's quite it's quite evident that it's physical. It's, it has to do with her hip, and you know she developed some arthritis case. So what's her course of action at this point? Like, I'm not really – we're both kind of stumped a bit if that if there is some way to go back to the employer and say that they've created a work environment that is – not ideal, then, um, you know, is there is there any recourse that you can think of?
1: So, uh, first of all, my, uh, my first question is, <clears throat> is this, uh, was she part of a union? She is part of a union, that's correct. So, unfortunately, uh, fortunately her recourse is actually, you know, the bad news is very limited because she's part of a union. It would have been different if she wasn't. She needs to speak to her union because the only one that can help her do anything here is the union. To the extent that the union can be convinced that the employer did something wrong here in terms of a uh, improper work environment, they may be able to grieve this and try to get her some compensation. She right. can uh, also apply uh, if the employer has a disability plan, uh, long term disability, short term disability. She can apply for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you know if they have that? Yeah,
2: they do. She actually so this. To- to, to you know convolute the situation a little bit more she was actually on long-term disability a couple of years ago she actually had a heart attack so okay. um, she's you know familiar with that plan but once she had recovered enough to go back to work um, from that particular case uh, she was on the long-term disability so that is an option um, well yeah
1: in fact you should do that ASAP if she can't work that's what it's there for how old is your mother
2: uh, she's uh, yeah so she's two years away from retirement so she's 63.
1: So she could, she could get a disability till 65. So that alone could potentially cover her. So that may yeah. be your easiest solution there. And by the way, if, if she does apply for disability, if they give her a hard time, if they say no, that is actually something I can, I can help her with. So that's my best advice to apply for disability plan. If she, does, she should get approved. If she can uh, work, she should get approved. Anything other than that approval, you need or she needs to give me a call. Now, in terms of if there's any recourse against the employer, for that, she has to talk to her union and, Union only, but I would start with disability, and I would not sit on this. You don't want the insurance company to say that, you, that she waited too long to apply. She should do that right away.
2: Okay, great. Thanks very much. I appreciate the advice.
0: Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that, and your call as well. Any uh, further matters, One eight five five eight two is how you get a hold of Lior and his crew. James, you're next up. How are you, pal?
5: Hi, um, I'm good. Uh, the issue I just got um, terminated, no no fault, and I was paid severance. Um, and while negotiating the severance, I uh, when I got to the, play, the this work, they gave me a laptop, and uh, my old laptop was uh, dying, and I gave it away. And uh, it, I'm a programmer, so this is the tool of my trade, mm-hmm. and I used it um, throughout my employment. And then when I was terminated, I had to give it back. And one thing I said is, you know, um, is is this promissory estoppel? Like, uh, should, I, should you be giving me the laptop or whatever? And they said, well, what you can do is use a portion of your severance for getting the laptop. So anyways, when I finally got EI, which is just recently, just a couple of days ago, they said that all of the severance is included in that and that I can't use any of that money for you know, purchasing a laptop which is I mean I need it to get back into my job you know
1: Well did, did you negotiate the severance on your own Yes and and so and, and that's uh, bi- was, Sorry that's that's was done re- you've signed off on it Yeah and uh,
5: it was um, it was really a standard severance package and I was it was amicable and I uh, you know, I, I signed find uh, the, release and everything.
1: So the problem is if, if you didn't, agree, if you didn't put in a term in the, uh, severance agreement that you would get the laptop or that they would use some of the severance money to buy you a laptop, then you're stuck. There's nothing you can do. Uh, but you know, I, I actually think, and, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here, but I actually think there may be a bigger issue here. Uh, so humor me with a couple of questions. Uh, how long did you work there for?
5: Uh, about nine months. Nine okay, months? Oh, no, I, about 11. 11 months.
1: 11 months, okay, so just under a year, say. What kind of a job? You, okay, you said programmer, right, and how old are you?
5: I am 36.
1: So you probably would have been owed right around three months' pay. What, what, what did you get?
5: About a month and a half, but I contacted you guys, and they said, well, we could get you a little more, but uh, it, it, it's likely that... With the, all the legal fees, that it would just be about the same.
1: Okay, well, I mean, again, I don't have all the all the information in front of me, but yeah, you you would have been uh, potentially owed more. Uh, but ultimately, if you have signed an agreement, unless the agreement says you keep the laptop, then you are stuck with it. There is not much you can do, uh, and, and you know that's why I think it is important to do these things properly because later on, you really can't go back and make any demands from the company because that release that you signed is a document that says to the company. I, you don't owe me anything. I'm perfectly good. I'm perfectly happy, and I'm giving up any other rights, claims, or demands that I can ever make from you.
5: Yeah, and I, and that's how I feel too. I don't want to go after them, even if this laptop thing is, you know, could have been resolved on their side. I, I just want EI to recognize the fact that. I need to purchase a laptop to exist. No, unfortunately,
1: no, it doesn't work that way with EI. It, it really doesn't. Anything that they pay you directly is, is taxable and is subject to EI uh, deducting from what they pay you. So no, that there's really no way around that uh, in this situation. The structure of the severance would have had to be different in order to make that happen.
0: James, appreciate that call and uh, you as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale for the remainder till about uh, ten to eight. You got lots of time to call through, ask your questions, just like that. One triple eight two two five talk. That number is uh, till free as well. We should uh, let you know that uh, as we continue. Gus, how are you? Good evening.
3: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on in your world?
3: So I'm an HVAC contractor. Well, I work for a company and uh, I'm a technician. And so a couple, I want to say about the end of 2017 in December, uh, you know, at my work, we quote jobs and, you know, you may not be the technician returning to do the job or you may. Right. So put it this way. I quoted a fan just to keep it simple. I quoted out a fan and I put, you know, what unit it had to go into, so on, so forth. Another technician went, he installed the fan, but in the wrong unit. Um damaged that part, Uh, that part can no longer be used, and I was deducted the cost of that part from my paycheck to, you know, get that part again so it can be installed properly. Now, I'm wondering, my question to you guys is, is an employer allowed to deduct you money off of your paycheck um, in a situation like that or at all?
1: Now, uh, tell me this, are you a part of a union?
3: No, not unionized.
1: Got it. So so the, the answer is no. An employer is not allowed to deduct. Even if you do in fact owe money to the company, without your written consent, the company is not allowed to deduct anything from your pay. Now, uh, is this? did you make a mistake here? Did you screw up or is this someone else's mistake?
3: Uh, it's someone else's mistake, but uh, the one thing in that was, now when I did get hired at this company, they did write in the contract, you know, if for certain things, if you do not everything, but if you do, you know, damage ma- material or equipment and waste stuff like that of, you know, X value, then they can deduct it to, they can deduct it from your paycheck. And if you sign, obviously you're agreeing to that, right?
1: So, right. If you sign, you're agreeing to that, but you're telling uh, me that yeah. this doesn't apply because you didn't do it.
3: So yeah, basically, I didn't do it because I wasn't the one installing it. I right. pulled right. it out. However, the other technician who went wasn't paying attention to detail, yeah. and yeah. he just went and did the work without, you know, double checking uh, his equipment list uh, at okay. the store that he was going to.
1: So, so guys, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is they can't do that. The bottom line is they owe the money. But what you have to decide is whether or not that's something that that's kind of a, a fight, if you know what I mean, that you want to get into it yeah. with them. Because if you're still working there, if you weren't working there anymore, you say, "Yeah, obviously it's an easy decision. We'll, we'll deal with that." But if you're still working there, you may say, "I'm gonna kind of keep the peace, so to speak, and, yeah. and not deal with it." If you want to deal with it, I, I, it, probably a letter from me is all that's gonna take. Happy to help you out. You just have to decide whether that's something you want to do.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate
1: it.
0: Gus, appreciate that. When you decide, one uh, 855 or help at employmenthour, uh, dot com as well. Get to uh, to Bruce. Hey, Bruce, thanks for calling in tonight. How are you?
6: Yeah, good evening. Hi, guys. Um, happy uh, question. It's not uh, anything uh, that I'm planning on uh, using at this time, right. but just for sort of future knowledge. I um, uh, The job I'm at right now, non-union, I had to sign an employment contract which uh, restricts uh, severance to the um, uh, the minimum, the, the statutory minimum. Now, um, because I've listened to your show before, and I know that there are, uh, sometimes those can be unenforceable. Sometimes those can be unenforceable. Mm-hmm. I um, had to sign up on a whole bunch of things on the employment contract, including that one thing. I had to, you know, like initial them. Mm-hmm. I conveniently missed. Uh, initialing that, they signed off on uh, my copy. The copy that I was to receive, I got that uh, given to me. But a week later, they called me and said, uh, "Could you come into the office?" And um, you-, you forgot to initial this one section. I, of course, I knew exactly what they were talking about. <laughs> now, I'd ar- now, I'd already started um, this uh, job. Make a long story short, it was a job that I wanted slash needed at the time. Would this employment contract be enforceable?
1: So the the fact that you didn't initial it until later in and of itself is not going to invalidate it. It's not going to make it unenforceable because you did sign the agreement. That said, here's the thing. Here's the important thing to understand, that for these clauses that limit severance to be enforceable, they have to be drafted in a very certain way and they have to say certain things in a certain sequence. And if it doesn't do all those things, then our courts have said it's not enforceable. And in my experience, and I review these types of clauses every day, about 75% of them or more are not enforceable because they're not properly drafted. So uh, okay. without even seeing it, I can tell you there's a probably 75% chance that it's not because most are not, but to actually see or to actually tell you if yours is unenforceable, I'd have to see it. So I'd want you to send it to me. You can email it or fax it and I can tell you in about 30 seconds whether it's enforceable or not. Uh, have, have Are you still working there or did you lose that job?
6: Oh, no, no, I'm still there and, and okay, it's, good. Um, it's not anything that... Um uh, it's just for future reference, just in case Because I, I wondered about that, because like I said I've listened to your show, I know there are certain ways to That it'll be unenforceable, so I thought Hmm, maybe if I can slide this one by them. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> nice just try. keep it in your I back guess. pocket If you ever need it and, no, no, you, know,
6: nice try. you know what, they'd have no problem um, You know, screwing me over Shall we say <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: No, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that But to, to know if it's enforceable, send me a copy so that I can tell you. Uh, and, and you know, there's an important uh, message there to our listeners as well, that you may have signed an employment agreement that tries to limit your severance, but it does not mean that it's enforceable. In many cases, maybe most cases, it's yeah. not enforceable. So if you lose your job and you think, oh my gosh, I have this document that limits my severance, it may not. It probably doesn't, in fact. So call me, let me see it, and let me tell you if it does limit you or if it doesn't limit you.
0: Bruce, you're obviously a listener of the show. You got uh, you got your employment shops on, so I'll give you the information anyway. You probably already have it. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to call the or and the email to send that over is help at employmenthour.com. I love when they repeat the stuff that you tell them. It's it's the best. You're getting through. Tracy, getting how are through. you? Yeah, yeah. Hello, hey, Tracy. Hi. 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 How are you? Good. What is uh what's happening with you? Well,
7: actually, it's not for myself. It's for my brother. He uh, worked for a company for 13 years out in Eastern Ontario. Uh, his job, he was told, was ending. So they parted ways, and his boss said, yeah, no, you're you're laid off, and uh, if you need to apply for unemployment or anything, that, that's fine. He got a text from his boss this week saying, actually, EI called me. I told them that you quit. I think that's probably your best option to... Uh, Receive any benefits, which I don't wow. think is right.
1: Ooh. But
7: he received no severance, nothing. So he's 54 years old, out of work, and apparently out of luck.
1: Why hasn't what called else? me yet, Tracy?
7: Uh, you know what I? I tried to talk to him uh, the other day. Uh, I think he just got this text yesterday, and I said, "You know," I said, "There's a show." I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the name, but I said you definitely need to be in touch with somebody because that is not right. That's not
1: right. So, Tracy, you know, if he if he doesn't like me, then that's fine. No, no, no. But No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, I feel so strong, and I'm going to tell you that he has to contact someone. Even if it's not me, he has to because, obviously, uh, after all these years, and I think my notes here say that he was working for 13 years. Yes, that's correct. He could easily be owed a year's pay, a year. Okay. okay. So you imagine, imagine a year's pay that he's owed. If someone took a year's pay from you, from anyone, holy cow, that's a big deal. If they decide to part ways, that's not a resignation. They don't get to make the call uh, and say it's better for you to, to have resigned. That's ridiculous. That's nonsense. That's them just trying to avoid paying him for a year. So, uh, And if he resigns, by the way, he can't qualify for employment insurance either. Yeah. So th- the losses are going to be much more than just a year's severance here. They uh, told that a, there was
7: no work. That's what they told him. Sorry, uh, uh, there's some more work to be done.
1: Well, well but by, by, by any, by any, other, any name, other name, that is a is that a is a termination. Yeah. Uh, if the company says, "Sorry, we don't have a job for you because there's no work," okay, uh, yeah. let's assume that that's the, that's the truth. Well, they owe him seven and it's a year's pay. So this is, you know, I, I am not going to permit. Uh, I'm not going to permit him to allow them to get away with it. Okay, that's ridiculous. So have him give me a call or someone.
7: Yeah, no, absolutely. He's been in touch with another employee who did, he did leave as well, and he told him, said, you didn't get a severance? I got a severance. How come you didn't get a severance? You got nothing? Wow, wow. Like, so, wow, wow. he obviously, yeah. What's his, What's first,
0: his first, name, first name, Tracy? Name, not last I'm name. Not What's last name, your brother's first name? His name's Ron. It's, I'm sorry?
7: Ron, R-O-N. Ron,
0: call yeah. us. Call, call us Ron. Ron. Call Leor.
1: <laughs> call Leor, <your> Ron. <laughs> okay. He really All needs right? to, Tracy. He really does. Yeah.
7: Yeah. I'm on my way home, but I will definitely give him the message, and I'll encourage him to get in touch. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Thanks,
0: Tracy. Tracy ring his bell for sure. Uh, that number, Ron, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That for you as well. Tracy, help at com. That is a card-carrying DB of a boss. Pulls that maneuver. Oh, no you know what? You quit and that's the only way you're going to get it. A- what is wrong with him? What
1: is, what, yeah. What? that's that's. I, I don't even know where to start with that <sighs> one. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's wrong. And, and I don't know how an employer can think it to get away with that. It's, it's obviously not possible. They won't get away with that. No. Uh, and, and to me, it's very simple. They probably got some advice that you owe this guy a year's pay. So maybe say that he, that he resigned to try to save that kind of money. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't, uh, they can't get away with that. Uh, but the problem is that, uh, you know, if he doesn't deal with this immediately, that could be an issue. If they say you've resigned and you, you're you silent about it, then doesn't it kind of seem like you're agreeing with that? Yeah. So you gotta deal with that, uh, pretty quickly. And I hope he does. And I hope he calls me. And you know what? Maybe if he does call me, maybe in the future, show I can kind of update on what happened with this case.
0: Yeah, Ron, get on that like a uh, like a fat kid and a smarty because you got to you got to take care of this as soon as you can. Uh, email address is help at employmenthour We'll get to a few of these with the uh, remaining few minutes of the show here. Christina up first says, "My employer has relocated our office two hour drive away. I was told that I can get a ride with a colleague so that I wouldn't have to drive if I don't want to. Do I have to accept this move?"
1: Yeah, and the, the 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 fact that she was offered a or given the opportunity to ride with a colleague so she doesn't actually have to get behind the wheel and drive doesn't change how this impacts her life. If she's right. going to have to take this time to get to work and get home every day, that's a huge deal. That, and presumably that's a big difference from what she had before. So whether she drives or someone else drives her or she takes the bus or whatever it is, if she now has to get to work two hours and get home two hours, no. That is, a, that is a big change. That's a constructive dismissal. She doesn't have to accept it irrespective of the ride that someone can give her, and she can treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. So her options, she can continue working and, and commute to work, or she can say, no, this is a big deal, it's a big change, I'm gonna treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with my severance. So that's important for our listeners to understand that when your employer does relocate the office, if they tell you now you have to take longer to get to work, if it's a bigger change, if it's not you know just a few minutes, if it takes you a while now much more to get to work and get home, that is a big deal and that is a constructive dismissal in most situations and it gives you rights, it gives you options. But of course, before you exercise those options, before you say, that's it, I'm out of here, I want you to talk to me first.
0: And the big fear, of course, is if you do decide to do it and you're six months later you go, you know, this really sucks, I don't want to do it. Uh-oh, too late.
1: At that point, it is too late. If you've accepted it, you continued working, uh, and, and you didn't say that this is not something you want to do, you've accepted it, and when you realize that was a mistake, it may be too late. That's why whenever you're dealing with changes to the terms of employment, any changes... It's important to deal with them quickly. It's very important. You don't want to give away your rights. Uh, so call me. Let's talk about it and let's figure out if you're in a constructive dismissal situation.
0: Rebecca emails in says, uh, "I do all the bookkeeping and invoicing for my employer. The company is not doing well, and my boss has told me to uh, change invoices so that we can bill clients for work that never. Was, <laughs> wow, that oh, was gosh. never actually done. I'm very
1: uncomfortable with this. Go figure. What can I do? Well, you know, the, obviously." <laughs> you know there's the ethical answer and there's the the legal answer and they're both yeah. kind of the same so obviously ethically sure I don't need to say someone don't do it uh, it's it's illegal not to mention that could be it could be criminal as well but from an employment law standpoint if your employer is asking you to do something that's unethical that's illegal that is a big deal that's a constructive dismissal they're asking you to do something that an employer should never have to or that an employee should never have to do. So just by asking you to do something that's illegal, putting you in that position, putting you, uh, putting that pressure on you, you may be able to say, you know, that's it. This is the type of work environment that I don't have to tolerate anymore, and I'm going to leave now with severance. So uh, that's what I would tell her to do. I would want to speak to her first, but don't, you know, don't succumb to the pressure. Don't do things that are illegal, because at the end of the day, if things go wrong, they're going to point the finger at you, and they're going to say it was you all along. We didn't know you were doing it. So don't let that happen. You're better off to get out of there before things get really ugly.
0: Before we uh, wrap up here, give me some details on the excellent tool called the severance pay calculator.
1: So we've already seen a couple of situations tonight when I've asked people some questions when they lost their job. I asked them how long they worked, the type of job that they had, and the length of, of their employment. And I asked that because those are the main factors that go into assessing how much severance is owed. So for those that don't know, I created a tool called the severance pay calculator, It's available at severancepaycalculator.com, and it allows anyone to find out exactly how much they're owed if they lost their job. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you answer those three questions, age, position, and length of employment, and you find out the real amount, the real amount of severance that the company owes you. Not what they've offered, not what they want to pay you or what they think they should be paying you, what the law says you should get paid. And it's easy. It's free. It's anonymous. You couldn't, as you say, John, you couldn't pay for it if you tried. Okay, yeah. You don't have to put in your name there or the company's name. Uh, and if, of course, if you want to contact me after you, you use it, there's a little green button there. Just press it and it contacts me automatically only if you want to. So always the first place you go to, if you lost your job or are worried about losing your job, severancepaycalculator.com.
0: Hey, like we always say, right, a half a million people can't be wrong, and we're over that uh, We're over that threshold now of a half a million people using it, so uh, so give it a shot. You need to get a hold of Lior anytime. Sure, one 821 5900 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com as well. We are done and back in the weekend, and of course you'll have Employment Hour at 30 on Global TV and CTV as well on the weekend mornings, and check back for more of that uh, as well. Back to On Point with Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.